In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You you have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the, in, in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You have done great things, O God, who is like you. You who have made me see troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with harps for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. This is the word of the Lord. Be seated. So we are um, looking today at this psalm. And um, as you kind of think about it, I think it's important just to, to uh, remember that this psalm is about getting older. So some of you here today may say, well, I'm not getting older. Well, you are, and you will get older. And there's things about this psalm that kind of uh, addresses our culture uh, that kind of hates uh, getting older. And so if you're around um, uh, Americans, you'll see uh, we find ways to try to take uh, the old age away. You know, we're trying to hide it. We don't want to uh, allow ourselves to show our age in a way. And uh, that's very common. There's billions of dollars spent every year. Uh, trying to, um, I, I don't know, preserve youth. And uh, I think it's important to say uh, to the church and to say to us as a community 
um, that is uh, one of the, it's a dangerous thing in the sense of uh, you trying to hold on to that, both in, in maybe your appearance or maybe even in the way you act. And uh, we have to struggle through some of that. I think it's, uh, it, it's one of the areas where you think maybe our culture always needs to be confronted with that. And um, another thing just to think about is, uh, and I, I don't think every uh, person that is old is wise. You know, I, I just I, I say that to you sometimes just say you can be old and foolish and you can just be growing in your foolishness. And uh, and you may even be really wise in your own eyes and you're still foolish, you know. But as you if you're a godly person walking with the Lord, like you you watch those people uh, and you've probably been around them as as they age, their wisdom grows uh, and they're interpreting life not through their own views of the world and the way that they think, but they're actually being as they're refined by the word of God. And as they encounter life, you can just see. Uh, the fruit of that, and those kind of people uh, are, are are a great blessing. They are a blessing in your life. They're a blessing in other people's lives. Uh, they are uh, people actually. Uh, young Christian people want to hear from them, and we need them. And so, uh, I would just say uh, that's um, that's an important thing. And sometimes it's like you don't have to have uh, some big meeting to hear from them. You just have to be somebody that's teachable, which is not always true of younger people, right? And then you, you're, someone that's teachable uh, is sitting around like a sponge, always listening, always observing. And so I, I, age is something that comes with uh, the ability to have um, wisdom kind of given to the next generation. And we hope that that is true here. And we have seen that true here in many lives. And I think Thank God for that, and we'll continue to see it uh, as time goes on. And so, but with age, just as a, it, it not only has the ability to kind of bless in, in certain ways, but also with age, there's problems. And that's kind of what you're going to see in this song. It, it doesn't come without problems. It never has. Uh, it never will. And so uh, Spurgeon stated about this, uh, this psalm, he says, We have here a prayer of the aged believer who in holy confidence of faith strengthened by a long and remarkable experience, pleads against his enemies and asks further blessings for himself, and I would add, and the next generation that will follow him, you know. And so I think it's important to see that. And we're going to look at this psalm a little different because of its length. We'll just look at a, a certain amount of, of really, I guess you could say four subjects as we move forward. And uh, if you've read James Montgomery Boyce ever, he he writes about the Psalms. He does commentaries on multiple books, but one is, is the Psalms. And so uh, in this one, he just says, he calls this a Psalm for old age. And he starts it with first kind of section there, uh, old age and its problems. And he says, uh, looking to the past, that's what you'll see in the Psalmist here, uh, to our faithful God, looking ahead to the next generation. And then how in old age you kind of live in the present. And so that was helpful. Uh, praising God like in the moment. And so we're going to look at all those things. You might say, well, I'm not old, and so I don't have anything to listen to today. You will be, potentially. And, uh, ho you know, hopefully as you grow older, uh, you will, uh, you know, embody uh, what you see in this psalm. So um, 
and, and, and recognize kind of what we're faced with. So I think it's important to start. So we're going to start with this, old age and its problems. You look at um, verse 9 through 11 here, it says, Do not cast me off in my the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. So the idea is, is his strength is being lost, right? He's not as strong as he once was, and yet he still has enemies. They're still there. There's still these problems, and the problems are increased because of his age and potentially like the loss of influence or you might say the people around him. So one of the problems he faces is the weakness that comes uh, with old age. Strength and your abilities kind of diminish over time and so you understand that as you wear out in a sense is is what he's saying uh i'm i'm i have all these weaknesses but there's still these issues that come at me uh john wesley uh, speaking of of getting older uh he was he died i think at 88 but in his 86th year he wrote in his journal i now find i grow old my sight is decayed so that I cannot read a small print unless with strong light. My strength is decayed so that I walk much slower than I did some years since. My memory of names, whether of persons or places, is decayed till I stop a little to uh, recollect them. What I should be afraid of is if I took the, the thought for the morrow that my body should weigh down my mind and create either stubbornness by the decrease of my understanding or peevishness by the increase of bodily infirmities. But thou shalt answer uh, me, O Lord my God. So he, he says, like, troubles come with getting old, but the Lord, I can still come to the Lord. He is still there with me. And so some of you have experienced that. You know those weaknesses as you grow older. And uh, those things come, and they will come. And, um, you know, there are modern things that we can do, but you can't take away from the fact that your body eventually is going to wear out. Now, the other thing is, is not only is he getting weaker, but like I said, his problems continue. They might even be greater. And that's another area where you could say, you know, when I look at my life, he says in verse 10, for my enemies speak concerning me, those who watch for my life consult together, and there'll be no one to deliver. So what they're saying is, as he gets older, there are less and less, uh, not only does he not have the strength that he once had, but those who ran with him do not have the strength, or they may not even be around. And so he doesn't have the help that he once had facing his enemies. The enemies continue, uh, but the, 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 those who would have stood with him before are no longer there. And so when you're thinking about that, you know, sometimes as someone ages, Potentially, for, by the way that they set up their life, or it may just be the fact that there's troubles kind of going on around them, the weight of their responsibilities might increase. And that's hard to believe. Sometimes you say, well, uh, as you get older, you know, your kids are gone, we're free, and everything's la-di-da. And you don't realize, like, somehow in your mind, you having no responsibilities and goofing off all the time, you know? And, and that's just not true for a lot of people. There's a lot of things that come, and sometimes the, the responsibilities increase, and they don't decrease. So there are family responsibilities. Sometimes 
their work responsibilities, uh, the family responsibilities. Are, I, we have adult children and then grandchildren, and those things have their own weight. Or uh, you have older, aging parents, so that you might be getting older, but your parents are getting much older, and so you're watching over uh, them. Sometimes they increase with your own personal health problems that, that might have come. Uh, with work, there may be this thing of like, I, you know, I wanted to retire, but I could never truly retire because uh, there are needs that, that I have there. But the problems are that, you know, maybe a lot of my friends have now retired, but I'm still in the workforce. Now I don't have the people that once knew me, came to me, all that kind of stuff uh, may be there. And so you're, this person is getting weaker, and yet the problems are uh, staying there and potentially increasing uh, is kind of what you would see here with the psalmist. And so um, uh, the, the third thing you, you could talk about in, this, in terms of this is uh, yeah, you're kind of losing touch with people uh, or losing people around you. And I, I remember uh, maybe the best way to say it is like, so um, I'm trying to think about how to, Anna's grandmother, you know, when she, she lived to be 100, and as time went on, there were less and less people that she knew that were still here on earth, right? And that was just part of it. She lost many of her friends. And so I just think it's important to understand that, that you can lose uh, the closest people in your life, your friends, your spouse, uh, your coworkers, whatever it may be. So um, he's sitting there and saying, I, I know, though, that God's still there, like even in the midst of that, that God is there. He is still with me, and he is working on my behalf because he doesn't, he, he says, like, they think God has forsaken him, but he just has to remember and remind himself the Lord did not or does not forsake him. So this is what happens. He talks about old age, all of its problems, and then he looks kind of to the past, and he reminds himself of God's faithfulness throughout his life. What has God done for him? And so even if he doesn't have all the human helpers, and that's what we sometimes think, well, I need human helpers. I need people that I, well, there are times, at least in the life of David here and in the life of many others that I have talked to over the years where those, uh, some of those human helpers, they, they, they're gone. And you, you have to kind of stop and consider and say, okay, but God is faithful. And it is a time of great faith and of holding on to God's past mercies and his deliverances uh, in your life. So this is what David does. He looks back at verse 5 and 6, and he says, he says, oh, sorry, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. And so what, what's he saying? He's saying, from a child, I can look back and see that you have been with me. I, I, I have been leaning into you, which is a wonderful thing to say uh, of someone that you could say, I've leaned into you all the days of my life. I, I've been able to trust you. You, are, you have been faithful all the way through from a child. And it's just to remind you, David has an understanding of, like even in the womb, and he speaks of this in Psalm 139, that like that we are formed in our mother's womb, which of course is something that Ben mentioned earlier, just understanding that from conception that you, an image bearer of God, are there, and God is there 
working and he is uh, uh, watching over and he is bringing you out into this life and and he is he's faithful all the way through and so but but from David's just understanding we would know that his knowledge of that in space and time is from a child he heard the truth about God he's believed in God he's trusted in God and he has hoped in God and so that's the the larger I guess you could say a truth here that he has been trusting in God and he really doesn't remember a time that he did not trust in God. And so he's put his trust in God. He's put his hope in God's promise of salvation and he's found uh, God to be faithful. And so I think that's important. A lot of times you just have to look back. Some of you don't have that story. Some of you maybe have put your hope in God later in life, maybe in, a, in more recent times. But ultimately, for David, it's it's a lifetime of seeing God be faithful and seeing God deliver him. And so I think that's extremely important. And I think you see that. He's looking back to God's faithfulness. Uh, the, the, another thing you see here is, and I think it's just important, he, he speaks of himself as a portent uh, to many. That could be negative and positive. He could be saying... Um, you know, th- these exceptional experiences in my life, when people look at me, uh, they're shocked by how many trials I've had. Some people might be looking at him. He could be saying, my enemies are looking and saying, uh, look at the magnitude of his suffering. I mean, God surely is kind of not watching over him. He has no one to watch him and protect him. Or you could just say in the sense of like, he could be saying, oh, wait, no, uh, in this public life that I have, not only have I had this magnitude of suffering, but also uh, magnificent, seeing himself enter like great difficulties and then God greatly deliver him, which is what I would probably lean towards. So you see this psalm of old age, you say, old age has problems. Like it comes with problems, the same problems, but I'm getting weaker and I, I don't have the strength to fight. And a lot of People are gone, and I, and I don't have the people that I once had around me and all those things. But what you have is, in old age, you have this span of time of being able to look back and see God's faithfulness, see Him moving in your life, seeing His deliverances, seeing Him walking you through great difficulties. If Now, here's the thing. You could have gone to church your whole life and not really walked with the Lord. You know, and you could have put your trust in people and all these kinds of, of earthly things. You're not really trusting in God. And so maybe you don't have that kind of history, you know, to look back upon. Maybe you just need to look at David's history and let that inspire you from this point forward uh, to walk faithfully with the Lord. And so but but you just see, you know, you're looking at that and you're saying, hey, he's got a long past. He can see God's faithfulness now. The next thing he does is he looks ahead and he says, I've got these troubles in my life. They are big things and they seem to have grown and I'm getting weaker and the the troubles are greater maybe. But God has been my God from my youth and he has delivered me along the way. Now, the next step is this. I have something to say to the next generation. Like, I I need to look ahead and say, the next generation needs to know these things. They they, they need to understand this. I want them to grasp it. 
So some of you could sit there and say, well, as I get older, all I do is sit around and think about all my issues and troubles, and they so consume me that I can't think about anyone else. And you might have to say, have you been doing that your whole life? Has that been your kind of process through your whole life? Well, repent, you know, and look up from your troubles and ask yourself, why am I still here? Why am I here? And, and the psalmist sees himself as still here because he has work to do. What is the work? The work is to pass to the next generation down the faith, a life of faithfulness and steadfastness and moving forward. I remember uh, Paul Tripp saying, and, and you've heard of him, we, he was mentioned this morning, he's a biblical counselor. And he said, what saved his ministry is thinking about the next generation and passing down the faith to them. Verse 17 and 18 say, Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. He's saying, like, as long as I'm here, as long as I'm living, I I have a voice. And you say, well, they don't listen to me, you know. Well, maybe because of the way you speak to them, you know. If you speak to them in a condescending way, no, they're not listening to you, you know. But I, I think it's important to say, like, you're seeking in a way where you could bless the next generation to to bless them. You know, if you just say, how can I pray for you? Maybe that would be what you would need to do. You would start speaking, or you're building relationships with people, and you're speaking into their life, and you're listening, and you're trying to think through their, their problems that are common to all of us, but real to them in that moment. Whatever it may be, like your age is a way to say, I can speak into this now. I understand the faith more fully. I have walked in faith for a long period of time, and it's a wonderful blessing. He wanted to bless them. Paul said, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. If I'm to live on the flesh, that means fruitful labor, yet which to choose I cannot tell. He says, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is far necessary. Uh, more necessary on your account what's he saying i've got things to do with the next generation i've got things to pass down to them to give to them and so he's saying like it's kind of one of those things where you say then I, i need to spend my life speaking into however that may look into the lives of children and grandchildren both physical and spiritual and and i'm trying to be a blessing to give away now, again, it's not, I don't think that, that he is saying, um, I'm going to give away uh, wisdom that just, <laughs> you know, some people have all these things that they think of as, uh, well, this is the way you ought to do it kind of thing, you know, where you're like, are you trained by the word of God? But someone trained by the word of God and walking in faith, th- what happens is, is they actually can pass down things that are fruitful and valuable, to the next generation, the next generation of people who fear the Lord, they want to see someone that they can say, oh, they actually walked in faith. Not 
not again, not again like they've lived a life. You can live a life uh, devoid of God, still be tr- going to church. But I, I'm saying someone who's really sought to do that, and I think that's important. You're looking for that, and you should be longing for that. And then someone that their example. I, I, it doesn't say what specifically they're doing with the younger men. It speaks more of example. As you move down to older women, in that case, which I think it's both example and instruction, both are there, but older women are to teach the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, and it lays out these things. So it's very instructive. And so I would say you want both want to set an example that others can imitate and then be able to instruct them in the ways uh, of loving their husbands, loving their children, being self-controlled, pure. He goes through this long list. And so and, and so you have older men speaking into the lives of uh, younger men and older women speaking lives of younger women. All of that uh, is important, and all of that is part of growing older. Responsibility uh, comes with, like, to give away your life. So that's extremely important, and I just want to give an example. I had an older friend who was, um, at the time, uh, I would say from the standpoint of biblical knowledge, I had him beat, right? I knew more Bible. It was just one, I, I could, you know, explain a doctrine better than him. But he had life, a long life. And he would be, you know, listen to me teach, you know, at times or whatever. But when it came to a long life of walking with the God, with God, he had me beat. He had the, on the side of wisdom, he, he, he had me beat. And I watched his life, and he would instruct me, sometimes just from a distance, uh, sometimes just by his example, and the value of that was hard to tell you like what it was and I as a little kid I do I thought I remember this so I had to check on it earlier uh this man uh, his name was Hunter and he um on a Sunday that was called sacrifice Sunday is, is at our church like uh they needed to sacrifice to do something and he didn't have a lot of extra excess cash lying around but he had this boat and he sold the boat and he gave the money not a bunch of boats, and he like threw one in there. It was like his boat, you know. He was a fisherman. He loved to do that kind of thing. It was just the thing that he did. On another occasion, um, there was a young man. This was in his latter years, uh, who did not have a father, and uh, and he needed a father in his life. And he, this older man, was sick at the time. Not like he was in the best of health, but he began to bring this young man into his life and um, did a number of things to help him and provided resources for him. I think eventually he gave him his truck, not a truck, not like I've got all this stuff here and I'm just going to toss you something and hopefully, you know, you'll figure it out. His truck, you know, and he, he would help him in so many different ways. And that young man today has a family and it's it, it's a beautiful thing. It was like the generation of struggle uh, for his family, there was generations of struggle, and yet in this moment, like you looked at that and thought, "Wow, uh, the, he broke out of a history of like living apart from God, and this man was uh, used of God to help him." When I was young in ministry, 
um, we had lost our pastor. It was a horrible kind of situation, and uh, somebody got mad because they hadn't been served in the way that they thought they should have been served in the church. That happens on occasion, you know. And uh, he, uh, I got a phone call, and it was like, okay, um, we need to go. You know, I need to deal with this, but I wasn't exactly sure. And I think I called him, and he said, well, we got to go to their house, you know, and get chewed on a little. So I'll drive by the church, and I walked out and uh, got in the car. We drove over there, and we did get chewed on a little bit, and then we were just told to leave the house, you know, so we were thrown out of the house. And uh, because you have people like that, you know, they're always like, nobody's serving me as much as I should be served because they're in love with themselves more than they're in love with God or others, right? And so they're doing that, and then then you're like, so you step into that moment, and even though, you know, it's like not your fault, really, you get to get beat up, you know? And in that moment, though, like we stepped out, I mean, I walked in, I walked out, his age kept it a lot calmer than it was, and his age allowed him to sit down with me afterwards and encourage me. And then, with his age, uh, reconciliation came because there was no way that somebody's going to treat him like that out of disrespect, you know? And so I just tell you that to say, like, it, it, is, it is a powerful thing to have someone who has walked faithfully with the Lord come alongside you in life. And for you to embrace that and to see that and to take hold of that. And I would just say, if you're in that stage of life, for you not for you to sit around and thinking about all the things that you have going on that are wrong with you instead of turning and thinking of ways that you might serve the next generation that, that you you miss out on a great blessing and so anyway you got old age and its problems you have kind of this deal of like stopping and saying even though i have these great problems i have a greater god and and, and not only that like that greater sorry that greater god needs to be explained to the next generation. That next generation needs to hear about the greatness of God. They don't need to just hear, oh, I've got great problems. They need to say, yes, you have great problems, but you have a greater God. They, they need to hear that from you. They need you to come alongside and say, hey, you think you've got problems and struggles now? They may get greater but greater is he who is in you. you does that make sense? And, and so I think it's just a powerful testimony here. Now, the last thing that happens is the psalmist is not content with just even leaving us there. He says in the present, I'm going to praise God right now. I'm going to praise him. Like, this whole thing started with problems. And then it w reminded me of God's past deliverances. And then it kind of moved me to say, oh, i got to tell the next generation. And then it's like, well, y'all all come together and let's praise him. And so what you see in verse 19 through 21 is he praises God for being right, for being upstanding. For, for doing what is right. He is praising God because he says, I can trust that God is right. 
and he will always do what's right. And then in verse 22 through 24, he praises God for his faithfulness. So, as I think about this psalm of an aging person, it reminded me of a poem, and I sent that to some of you this week. it's, It's a poem that was read by my pastor as a child on the eve of trying to um, do some things as a church that needed to be done, and it would require people looking at their lives and saying, what am I going to do with this life? The, the end of my life, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to leave as a legacy? And uh, so I want to read this poem to you, uh, and hopefully it will encourage you. Uh, as a young person in this church and as an older person, it would encourage you. It's called The Bridge Builder. An old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him. But he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man said a fellow pilgrim near, you are wasting your strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build this bridge at evening tide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path I've come, he said. There followed after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been as naught to me, to the fair-haired youth, may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercies. Your mercies of growing older the wonderful history that we can have of pressing into you. We pray that it would not be lost on just us, that we would give it to the next generation, and that we too would look back and see and praise our God together.